0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast. Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Day when you're listening to this. Happy holidays to whatever you may celebrate. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I only say Merry Christmas because it is actually Christmas Day. I don't care what you celebrate. Party on. Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus, Ryan Wilson. Happy, um,
1: happy, uh, Chrismica, which is an OC joke for all my OC heads out there.
0: Uh, you know what? I did a uh, local radio, Sean Wagner McGough, recent on uh, uh, and uh, on on um, a couple weeks ago, I guess, or a week ago, and uh, they do a two thousands rejoin where they play a song and you have to name the artist, the uh, name of the song, and a fun fact about the song. And um, it was the OC theme song, California, and I knew the fun fact and the name of the song, but I could, I had no idea who was the who Phantom Planet, Phantom Planet. That's right, John Breach. I don't know what you celebrate. I celebrate I, Jimmy Buffett's birthday.
2: Happy Big 72 Jimmy Buffett. What's
0: your that's favorite? My, that's Buffett? my Christmas. What's your favorite?
2: Mar- Margaritaville.
0: Eh, poor choice. Cheeseburger in Paradise is
2: better. Oh, course. geez, That's, you can't celebrate Buffett Christmas then. Sorry.
0: Margaritaville's great. Uh, my, my father-in-law loves Buffett concerts. So anyway, hold on. While we're talking nonsense. This is Christmas Day. This is, uh, this is the mailbag pot. This is the holiday <laughs> special. The whole podcast is nonsense. A whole podcast of nonsense. Uh, it might be so long that we have multiple nonsense podcasts. Uh, we'll see. We will get to draft questions on future pods. You get, look, you can keep leaving five star reviews. We'd love them. If, if you ask a serious football question, we'll answer some of those on this podcast. Like somebody asked about the Dolphins and when they'll contend again. Like. like I guess they're not serious questions, but you know, you get the point. Uh, actual football questions, but um, we will get to all questions asked at some point in the future. We Devo collects them all, and then we put them in a big list and we run through them. Uh, so let's dive in. You guys ready? Want to do this?
1: I'm ready. Sean doesn't look ready. He's born ready. Uh, these are the, these are my favorite podcasts. Let's talk favorite, nonsense.
0: What's your favorite Jimmy Buffett song, Sean? Margaritaville. Have you actually heard Jimmy Buffett songs?
1: I was gonna say I know like three of them. That's probably one of them.
0: What's the third one?
1: I don't know. But if you played it, I'd probably if you played his entire catalog, I'm sure there are three. I'd be like, oh, I know that song. But I know Margaritaville because I took a guitar class in high school. That's pretty much just waste time, and that was one of the songs we had to learn.
0: Changes in Latitudes is a good song too. I didn't listen to Buffett in a while. I used to have like a Buffett box set. Of course, I did. Let's get to the let's get to the let's get to the mailbag. Super friends. Hey, it's me, Jonathan again. All right. We love double dipping mailbags. You can always come on. Uh, Jonathan, may I suggest your second time around? Thank you for coming around, but, um, change your Apple podcast name. It's walking creeper. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Maybe, 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 maybe give that back to breach. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say,
2: I was wondering why only walking creeper underscore zero one was left. A little disappointing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think Sean or Ryan got that. I was drinking coffee. <laughs> anyway, hey, hey, Jonathan, again, I just wanted to know what are your feelings about eggnog, and what is the possibility that the Seahawks make it to the Super Bowl? Keep up the great content, Jonathan. Now, I would argue—actually, I would point out, not even argue—that those are two very incongruous questions.
3: Incongruous. But go ahead.
0: Incongruous. Incongruous, Ryan. Uh, well, Ryan, go ahead. Why do you? Why do you disagree? Why do you believe they are congruous?
3: I disagree with your pronunciation. I don't necessarily disagree with your premise.
2: I disagree with your premise. I think the more eggnog you drink, the better you feel about the Seahawks making it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's good. That's I love good. eggnog. I am number one fan of eggnog. I Wrong. literally drink – oh, we have someone who loves eggnog more. I actually used to drink it all the time, and then one time I was home for Christmas, my sister showed me the label. Uh If you have ever looked at the health label of eggnog, don't do it. Do don't. not do it. It is like – A 100 grams of sugar, a trillion calories, everything that's bad for you. If you finish a gallon in one day, you'll probably die. Uh, but it It is delicious.
3: It is healthier to drink 10 milkshakes than it is to drink like two (laughs) glasses of eggnog.
2: (laughs) So keep keep it to a bare minimum, but always put alcohol in it. Well, I was going to ask you.
3: So how long, when did you start drinking eggnog breach?
2: (laughs) Oh man, we sound like we're at an AA meeting. Probably when I was like six, my mom would give us a small cup and then I just got, it got, the addiction got worse from there, Ryan.
3: So, when did you start putting alcohol in it?
0: About six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. Ryan, first, first of all, let's let's point out here that, uh, I would like to note that I think I like eggnog more than both of you could buy it, but that's neither here nor there. Ryan was like, I like eggnog more than you, Breach, but then you didn't exactly explain why. Why do you like eggnog? I was asking it.
3: Here, here's hey. a lesson on dealing with people, uh, Brenton. You ask them first questions about themselves, and then you contribute. You don't go out the <laughs> gate. Hey, listen, this is all about me. Shut up. And let me talk.
0: You you literally, Breach was like, I love eggnog more than anybody. You're like, uh, uh 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 I I do. And then you started grilling him about his eggnog taste. You could be like, I've been drinking eggnog since I was five. Suck it, Breach.
3: <laughs> I started drinking when I was young, growing up in North Carolina.
0: I do not put alcohol
3: in eggnog because when I was probably eight or nine, I was at a holiday party with my parents, and they directed me directed me to the eggnog bowl, which had vodka in it, which I didn't know. And they oh, laughed no. my ass off as I drank it and made a stupid face. So that sort of ruined the, the alcohol component for me. But I love like just regular old ten thousand calorie eggnog uh, currently as an old person.
2: I will say that whoever made that vodka bowl blew it. The only two alcohols you should put in there are rum or whiskey.
0: I would agree. Vodka
3: is a trash eggnog addition. Yes. In my defense, I was 8, so I don't know what kind of alcohol was in there. I think it was a clear
2: alcohol, but I could be wrong.
0: Could have been clear Could have been clear rum, I guess. I th- I think uh or we'll we'll never clear,
2: maybe it was Everclear, Ever. which is just straight up
0: <laughs> rubbing alcohol. Sean, do you like – I would assume you don't like eggnog, Sean.
1: I mean I, – so here's my take on eggnog is that every holiday season it sounds really good, and like I'll see it while I'm grocery shopping. I'll think, oh, that sounds delicious, and I pour myself a glass, and I like the first like three sips, and then after that I can't do it anymore.
3: Wait a second. What about the big milk take of the week guy drinking eggnog?
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I'm saying I don't like it. I just I don't bite it anymore. So like I used to like when my parents would get it in the fridge, I'd be like, oh, this sounds delicious, and I can't have more than like five sips. It, it, it's way too sweet for me.
0: See, I'm a I, I'm a huge eggnog fan. I like getting the eggnog latte from Starbucks. Oh, oh.
3: <laughs> that means you're not an eggnog guy at all. That means you're an <laughs> eggnog poser. No, I,
0: I'm, I'm telling you about the ten different ways I like drinking eggnog. I like Are you. A bigger eggnog guy than me and Breach combined. Just hold on a second. Let me answer your question. So far, no. I love
1: I can be be the judge here since I'm I'm not not in the Reading.
0: ...of the uh, Giordelli eggnog chocolates, just to get that flavor of eggnog. I like... My parents have these little silver cups that are perfect for eggnog. Put a little bit of nutmeg on top of it, a little bit of whiskey. Stir it all up. Ryan's drinking vodka. Shut up, (laughs) Ryan. And I once knew two guys in college who... (laughs) will remain nameless. Zeke and who else? My buddy Zeke. It was Zeke and somebody else. I'm not going to name it. it. Uh, they had a minivan that they, and they took a huge giant pot and they filled it with eggnog and they threw the pot in the middle and they drove around town delivering eggnog to various uh, parties. Which seems in hindsight like a bad illegal thing to do. But you know what? I would have been there in spirit. I wasn't there personally, but I, I yeah. think it sounds like a fun idea. Probation.
2: I mean the difference here is that I feel like Wilson and I are eggnog purists. I do not want your trash Ghirardelli eggnog chocolates yeah. or your eggnog coffee. I just want pure eggnog injected into my veins all December.
1: I have to side I have to side with Breach here. I think Wilson and Breach are tied for first and Brinson's a poser who, <laughs> Christmas day ducked, like, don't mind. He <laughs> likes to call himself an eggnog fan when he's really just having like knockoff like yeah. infused eggnog dream- crap.
0: I drink. I mean, like, have you, hey, Wilson? Have you ever had eggnog with an actual egg in it? Ooh.
3: No, that I that I won't do. I'm
0: then not. You're a poser because I'll drink that crap all day long.
1: Give me a. Just, that I sounds think- like a, that sounds like a different drink than just eggnog, That's, though. You literally just talking about eggnog.
0: How do you think they came up with eggnog, dude? Do you think eggnog just was born in a carton in the freaking like store in the in the refrigerated milk section, Captain Milk?
2: Yes. No, that's not how it works.
0: Oh, of course not. There was real cracked raw eggs. Raw that, eggs
2: are that, in there. It's definitely. I, I, I'm aware. Eggs. I'm saying
1: I don't think you cracking an actual raw egg into it suddenly makes you like eggnog more than everyone else.
3: And here's, here's the thing, Sean. Here's
0: I actually like it more than anybody else.
3: He doesn't do it alone. He only does it in front of an audience. So again, the hipster po- portion what? of the, of the eggnog guy, that's, that's the problem. You don't, I mean, you don't enjoy it unless someone's watching you can say, Hey, look what I just did. I love eggnog more than
2: you. So that's like, if you make homemade eggnog, you'll have the raw eggs, but if you buy it from the store, usually it goes to like a pasteurization type thing, like right. milk.
0: because the store is not a big fan of selling raw eggs to other people. Correct. Uh, so the Seahawks to so the Super Bowl. Sure, it can happen. Um, I am currently writing this playoff, uh, thing, a, a playoff story whereby right. I break down the possibility of each potential playoff team getting each potential seed. I did it last year before week 17. This year I'm doing it before week 16. Turns out it was a mistake because I am at 4,000 words and I'm not finished yet and I want to call my eyes out messing around with the ESPN playoff machine. We don't have one. I use our playoff page when I can. Uh, the Seahawks, I think, have a pretty good chance to go to the go to the Super Bowl. But here's the problem. They've won 10 games by one score or less this season. They're a very lucky team. They need to stay really healthy on defense to get there. And I believe that this is a team, because of its – uh, varying luck status, like just because they need luck to win some games, they're going to need to get that first round by to pull it off. I don't think they can do it if they have to play three games. Um, now they could go to, you know, go to Dallas and win that first game and then get a hot in the wild card, but there are so many tough teams. I mean, you know, we, it looks like the Saints, the 49ers, uh, the Packers, the Vikings. And either the Cowboys or the Eagles that I think winning three games might be too much to ask for this team based on their point differential. Although I would never want to count out Russell Wilson. Sorry.
3: Thought I had you muted.
0: It's okay. Um,
3: so our guy Stephen O has a 4.8% chance that the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl.
0: It's pretty, pretty high. Well, let's see it'll change. I mean, look, it all depends on the week 17 game against the 49ers. If they beat the 49ers, if the Seahawks win out, they're going to have the first seed. If they have the first seed, that percentage is going to go from like 4.8 to like 7, 8, or 8, 5 or something like that, which is substantially better. 4 and 8,
3: 4.8% to win the Super Bowl, 10 to 1 odds to appear in the Super Bowl. Prior to, to the week 16 games, because we're recording this a, a, a week before Christmas.
0: But you're saying it's 10 to 1 to win the NFC? I yeah. Like-
2: I like that too. And since this guy asked for the probability, my personal probability is 22%. Okay,
0: that's not, that, if you're, he, maybe that's Stephen O's numbers. Like, that's what you need for him to say you need to bet it. It's like plus three and a half right now. Cause you, you wouldn't, they wouldn't make the number one seed in the NFC 10 to one. They just, they just wouldn't do that. You know, those
3: are his, through his simulations, that's how he comes up with these percentages.
2: If you're the Seahawks, here's what you have to like. If you do get that first round bias, as the first or second seed, if the seeds hold, that means the Vikings are the six, the 49ers are the five, and then you've already beaten both those teams, who would you presumably be playing one of them in the divisional round? That takes you to the MC title. So, like, there's definitely a path there, and I like it. I like the path. I'm going to drink my eggnog and cheer up for the Seahawks to get the Super Bowl, Jonathan. Yeah, if, <laughs> if they win the NFC West, I would put them only behind the Saints. Um,
1: if, if they fall to the wild card round, then I would rather have the 49ers over them.
0: Yeah, I think that's obvious. Or not, I don't want to say it's obvious. I just think it's like it's what I said. Like whoever wins that, whoever wins that uh, week seventeen game is is the more likely team of the yeah. NFC West to get it, just because you're going to have a bye. That's a that's a big freaking deal. All right, um, two minutes on the Seahawks. Twelve on the Good <laughs> Let's start. Uh, this is from Matt C twenty nine. No no review or anything. Just a very simple question in the title: Do they hate each other? No, of course not. Well, how do you know who he's talking about? I think it it's. Like, well, I don't hate any of you, so
3: that rules me out. Who do you, you hate?
1: Don't, you don't seem like a person that hates that many people, though. Me or Ryan? Ryan. <laughs> you look like someone who's spiteful. So <laughs> I mean, You hate the TSA
0: I, agent trying to do her job. I am spiteful, but I don't hate people I interact with on a regular basis. Well, that's not I true. am spiteful. <laughs> 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 I love it. I'm spiteful. Uh, I mean,
2: for me, it depends on what day of the week it is. I feel like Brinson <laughs> is unbearable on Mondays. Ryan gets a little grumpy when it's past his bedtime on those Sunday night podcasts. True. And Sh- Sean is just – you can't deal with him in any year where there's a Star Wars movie coming out, <laughs> which means this has been a whole miserable year, 2019, because we know what Sean's thinking about whenever he's on the podcast. It's about Star Wars and not football, uh, so that's my take. But at least and, Game of Thrones is done. That's true.
0: Okay. Yeah, so was, I've gotten oh.
2: marginally better.
0: No, we, uh, we, we actually like each other a lot. And when we hang out, it's very fun. It, uh,
3: yeah, like when Breach locked himself into the cafeteria, that was fun for everyone except Ryan. I mean, like, the,
0: the funniest part about when we hang out in real life is when Ryan transforms from like the, uh, oh, I'm so tired, oh, just dad needs his sleep, I'm a grumpy grandpa. He's like, we're going to Jester! <laughs> I have no
3: recollection of that, but I'll take
1: your word. I had a, I had to wake up at like five to go to the airport. And I thought Ryan was going to be the only one who supported me when I was like, I'm not going to Jester's, I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) And instead, Ryan was the one talking about, like, what are you going to do, sleep four hours? Like,
0: what's the difference? He's like, you're here with your friends you don't see. Good (laughs) point, right? (laughs) If you haven't heard, Jester's is a tiny bleep hole in Fort Lauderdale where you can, like, play darts and just chain smoke cigs. I mean, not that we smoke, but, like, the whole, like, it's just one of the you can't go many places in America where people are just it's just a smoking establishment and this is a sm- like my clothes were ruined my <laughs> entire
1: my entire like, bag that I brought home was ruined by me putting my clothes into the bag
0: with everything else.
4: Yep.
3: Have uh, you been there, Debo? No, I've lived here for over two years and I would never think of going there.
0: <laughs> Unless it's like answer. two a.m. and you're staying at the West End and you were looking for a bar, right? He no, cut. but I was trying to look for
3: the tweet where someone sent us probably early December about if you want to hear friends who get along and never say anything mean to each other and support each other, listen to Around the NFL podcast. If you want to hear people dunk on each other all day, this is the podcast for you. But as Breach pointed out, friends clown
0: each other all the time, so I think that's why this works. Uh, and also the ATN guys like lash each other. They're just not as aggressive as we are. Like we're like, like they don't feel like they're rooting for, like, you know, cause Sessler and Hansis are talking about, oh, like, oh, we're rooting for the Jets and the Browns together. We're like, ha 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 ha, look at the Bears burning to the ground. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Look at the Bengals. They're trash. Um, by the way, uh, I should point out that on a recent around the NFL podcast that I heard the other day, uh, I don't know if you guys see Adam Lefko tweeting out beefs with them. Did you see that? He's like trying to start a fight with him. Well, apparently they were talking about how. In
3: real life or just joking?
0: On Twitter. He was joking. Um, yeah. but he's just trying to steal what's basically our beef. Cause they were on the pod. They were talking about their podcast. They're like, we need a beef. We need a good media beef. And Rosenthal, Greg Rosenthal was like, I know you guys like Brinson, but I think Brinson's a pretty, that's a pretty good beef. That's where we can start our beef. Um, and, and then, uh, it sort of cooled down from there. But, but, uh, you know, we can, we can, we can do an anchorman style battle. We talked about that. Maybe we'll fight. We'll get some people from Bleacher Report, get some people from NFL.com, CBS. Uh, I don't think Fox has like fox size robots maybe? Or like...
2: ESPN, we'll invite them. Yeah. It can like, be in San Diego, like the actual Anchorman fight. We'll get the public news team, the Spanish language news team, we'll get them all
0: there. Who's, who would come from ESPN? Because we don't want any like ex-NFL players. <laughs> that would be bad for us. Unless Sean brings a hand grenade, like Brick Tamblin.
1: I can see that. I'm or not sure. going to bring a hand grenade. Or Sean, a trident.
0: The point is, you're our bridge. Right? So. Uh, it. Great show. Says seven 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 five four two six. Such a cell phone number. Um, which you need an area okay Great show. Super fun with good analysis. Question: If you are the Super Friends, what are your guys' superpowers? Get creative.
2: That's a good question.
0: Sean, you the resident nerd. What's your favorite? What would be your superpower?
2: I'm not a big superhero person. I don't even see Marvel movies, but I would like to time travel.
0: Having said that,
2: is that really a superpower? Is that where you have to invent something well, like Doc I, Brown? And, and then so you're just smart and you're an inventor because that's not a superpower. Einstein I was smart.
1: I did Google the best superpowers, and it was according to this list. It was, it's the fourth best superpower. So
3: I'm <laughs> counting it. So I'm modest. You only take the number four pick. <laughs>
2: I'm not worthy of the top three.
0: What are the top three best superpowers?
2: Well, without hearing them, mine would be teleportation like Nightcrawler, X-Men. That's what I want to do. Then I could teleport to each of these guys and hang out with them whenever I want because we're super friends. But then also I could teleport to my kitchen and microwave my Chick-fil-A sandwiches.
3: (laughs) Uh, Ryan. I don't know. I mean I don't have anything interesting. Like I think flying would be cool. Like Wonder Woman's jet would be dumb because it's an invisible jet. What's that doing? Also not a
0: superpower, just an actual plane.
3: Well, I don't want to – well, what is her superpower? She's super strong. She has a lasso that makes you tell the truth. Yeah, I don't really want to know what people think about me. That's not.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I was like, looking, like I was like, uh, reading minds. I was like, nah, I don't know. Really, uh, no.
2: That guy's beautiful. Ryan. Yours could be growing hair. Ooh, very
0: nice. Would you rather fly or have super? Like, like, would you rather be the Flash and not? I don't want to say Flash or Superman because that's obviously <laughs> Superman is way better than the Flash. But I'm saying like the power of flight versus the power of super, like being really fast.
3: Flight. Yeah, I mean, the only way I would use being the Flash, if 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 is if I played a professional sport, like right. I needed to run the forty or something. But if but, you, I mean, but if you were Flash, you could play any professional sport you wanted, basically. But if I'm Superman, I can. It doesn't matter. Like I can shoot lasers through stuff with my eyes. How do you think you want
0: to, Superman's like a photojournalist? So you can be a blogger who was who can fly. <laughs> Sweet. Or you can be someone who like wins the Olympic gold every year and is like an American hero. I mean, Daniel and don't right forget, now.
3: Superman in the nineteen eighty original, I think it was eighty, with Christopher Reeve, when he played high school, he outran the train and then he kicked the ball like four hundred yards. I can't believe Breach didn't choose that, that guy, the guy who could punt the ball four hundred yards.
0: Oh, Breach, that's what your superpower should be. Super right leg strength, so you can finally shake the shackles of disappointment from your father. <laughs>
2: Why wouldn't I pick all body strength and have the right leg part of it? Why would I just pick the right leg? Why would I pick the left leg and be a left legged kicker?
0: You don't want to be like the Hulk, like waddling up to like kick a field goal and like toe bash it through. Although that was kind of (laughs) fun to watch. You're gonna squeeze in that uniform. Um, you could kick a hundred and like a hundred and nineteen yard field goal. Is 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 invisibility overrated? No. I mean, what are, you, what are you trying to do? Sneak up
3: on people while they're naked? I mean, what's your plan?
1: <laughs> you went there. I was going to go with the benefit sure, is dude. like, not having to talk to people, like, yeah. going into public and, like, being able to avoid people.
0: I thought Sean was going to be like, do you know how many times you could go see Rogue One for free if you were invisible?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Sean, listen
3: to this. Galaxy you could break. be on the set of, listen, you could be on the set of Game of Thrones invisibly. You could be on the set of all these Star Wars things invisibly. Oh, man.
1: There you go. I would probably use it just to sneak up on you guys when <laughs> you're not expecting it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think if, like, X-ray vision is overrated, invisibility overrated, flight is good, super strength is... But model. I'd
1: rather just teleport instead of flight. Oh, so you're still on my... Place. Wait a second. I, I'm going to backtrack. You know, I'm doing time travel. I'm just saying I would rank teleportation above flying.
3: Well, if you have time travel, you keep going back to just prior to the 2017 draft and slapping Ryan Pace in the face. To make sure <laughs> uh, your boy, Mr. Bisky. But listen, if you're invisible, you can break every story because you can be there and know what people are saying. Boom, done. Mm. You're the new Jay Glazer. Jay Glazer's power is invisibility. That's clearly why he breaks every story.
0: So you're, again, you're you're a blogger. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'm gonna get a superpower, I want to get. I want like I want. I'm like I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna go do something for good, but like. I guess if you had super strength, you could go, like, just – or you had invisibility, you could just rob banks. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, but
2: if you get caught once, they're going to be like, oh, you're the serial bank robber, and then you're in jail for the rest of your life, Prince. Yeah, Is that I, what you want?
1: I, I feel like they could still catch you after the fact. Like, you
2: would be able to steal it, but then you'd have all that, all that money that you've got to somehow longer Yeah, they longer drop, the, uh,
3: drop a blanket yep. on you, and then they yeah, see the- you, and they tackle you.
2: And the money's not invisible. We're gonna see you carrying it, you yeah. floating out of <laughs> yeah. the bank.
3: Yeah.
2: Wow, that that would be Brinson. Brinson gets the invisibility <laughs> power. He
1: thinks he can the bank. Everyone at the bank is just watching this bag of cash move through, wearing <laughs>
0: driving moccasins,
1: and he has no idea everyone can see him.
0: You roll into like Randy's Pizza, and all of a sudden this pizza box lifts up in circle. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk about Pizza out on here, obviously. Uh um, Randy's Pizza, local, really good New York pizza. Love it. Uh, tel- uh telepathy too, like um. Can you? I think the ability to move stuff would be cool. Now, sadly, the first thing I thought about was every time I look up at my remotes, like over on like like on the other side of the room, I'm like, ah. If you had you know the power to move stuff, that would be.
1: nice. Doesn't that appeal to me because like that's really how you're gonna take like that's the number one thing you want from a superpower is not being able to get up to get the remote or like grab a coffee. Not having to get up.
0: You guys don't watch Stranger it's Things, right? Bigger. I mean, well, yeah, obviously you could use more stuff with your mind. Ryan, Ryan. Ryan
1: wants a superpower to be a better blogger. Brenton wants a superpower so he can get the remote. Aim higher, guys. Come on.
0: You just want to go see Rogue One movies. Get out of here. Faux clown. All right, let's move along. Yep. Yeah. Um, always get some laughs. laughs. You notice we're not reading any bad reviews. There are actually, there aren't actually, there aren't actually, actually, this daily NFL podcast on my daily commute. It never disappoints with great content and jokes. I love the dynamic of banter between all the super friends and regular guests. I've rated and reviewed before, but my question is: Which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle would each of the super friends be? Keep up the great work on the pod. P.S. Brand new is awesome. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Brodieal via Apple Podcasts. Um, so in this instance, I don't think he's saying pick your own Ninja Turtle. I think what he's saying is assign the ninja turtles to each person. Now the obvious move here is that Ryan is Splinter. Oh, so that means that means Debo could be a Ninja Turtle and Ryan could be Splinter. Or, or be honest, Debo, like, Debo could be Splinter. If the like Ninja Turtles
3: be, sort of were after I was young, so I didn't I was never into them and my kids were never into them either. So I actually had to look up what their their bios were. But I, as I see Splinter here. That makes some sense, I suppose. Although Donatello feels like it fits me more
0: <laughs> That's what I thought well, Ryan would be. Well Splinter Splinter is the mint like the mint like he's he's the the old elderly rat with a cane. I by the way, I, I think Breach and I were probably wheelhouse ninja turtles. I don't know if Sean caught the tail end of it or not. Um but you were right, Breach? Yeah the Ninja Turtles were huge
2: for us. I grew up on Ninja Turtles. I think oh. I still have Ninja Turtle toys in my house.
0: Oh I definitely do. I've Play with him the last time I was there. I was like, "Robbie, look, these the Ninja Turtles." He's like, "What are you talking about, man? They're I think they're back now." Anyway, um, I think Debo should actually be Splinter because, like, Splinter is the, sort of the moderator of the group, right? Like he, you know, he, uh, he the mentor of the group, the one was who. It Debo them.
3: was he into Ninja Turtles back in the no. day? No, Skipped no, skip that.
2: So Debo, what he's saying is that you're a giant rat. That's what no. Splinter
0: was. Splinter is the wise sensei of the group. Who keeps everything moving in a positive direction. Otherwise the turtles would go n- nuts and like run in direct- different directions. He's the one who raised the turtles. Um, so I would say that. So what do we, I will right, well, breach you and I probably need to do this then. Um, I, th- I do agree with Ryan that he would be Donatello.
2: That was the only one that was a lock. Wilson is a hundred percent Donatello. Um, I, I like Raphael's think Raphael's a
3: lock too, isn't it? It's Sean is Raphael, right? So let me see if this matches up with your experiences, Brinson and Breach. According to Wikipedia, Raphael was the team's bad boy.
0: Oh, was he? I
3: don't... Has an aggressive nature, seldom hesitates to throw the first punch. That doesn't sound like Sean. No,
2: that's not Sean. Raphael was, like, snarky. Michelangelo was snarky, but good-loving, having fun all the time. Raphael was, like, bitter snarky, that guy who's funny, but, like, there's a sense of doom all the time. But he still... (laughs) I don't know I like Raphael. No, you're right as I read this, yeah.
3: Wikipedia. Are you writing the Wikipedia entries,
2: Breach? Maybe. I, I should. If, I'm going to go edit them if they're not correct. I'm going to go look at them after this podcast. Uh, I would think? say the hardest person to point is you, Brinson, because I think we could either put you Leonardo because yeah. you're the leader of the podcast, but I don't think you share a lot of the personality traits other than <laughs> –
3: Courageous right. leader and devoted student.
0: <laughs> nope. Well, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should make Ryan Splinter, and then uh, Debo could be Leonardo. Yeah. Sean, Sean would just have to ram jam into Raphael, which doesn't really work. <laughs> and then, well, no, because I would. No, wait, because I wouldn't be Donatello.
2: I think me and Brinson would be Raphael and Michelangelo, However, you want to do it.
3: Yeah michelangelo according to wikipedia is the most stereotypical stereotypical teenager of the team free-spirited relaxed goopy jokester who loved pizza
1: brinson brinson
0: <laughs> yeah no no i mean i i i'm i'm some confident my role is leonardo and my i am michelangelo like it's like At my role the, the four I'm,
3: turtles yeah, yeah this is cool. yeah.
0: as the most conscientious of the four he often bears the burden of responsibility for his brothers uh, which leads commonly leads to conflict with Raphael. No, no that's
3: Leonardo. That's that's. Leonardo. I know, I know,
0: I know, I know. am sort of thinking that maybe Ryan should be Leonardo. Well, you make up your mind?
3: <laughs> which one has short patience? That's me right now.
0: <laughs>
3: Raphael. That's,
0: that's no, that's Leonardo. He's like, <laughs> why, why? is this, you know? So I we just can't get off of Sean as Raphael, even though it doesn't make any sense. I'll be so, Raphael. <laughs> all right, Breach would be Raphael. Or Sean could be Donatello. Ryan could be Leonardo. And I would be Michelangelo.
2: And Devo Splinter. Boom. There we go. Bring on Shredder. We're ready to take on Krang, who, by the way, is just a brain. I don't know what alien race that is, but he's literally just a brain that can talk, which always flummoxed me as a child. Still have nightmares about it. I don't even want to talk about Krang anymore. Man, Breach
3: is not messing around. He knows all this stuff.
0: It's actually the Shredder, but yes. <laughs>
3: Uh, uh, my, by the way, Breach, Brinson's reading the Wikipedia page that I'm reading, so he doesn't know.
0: I, I mean, I went to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie – I mean, you saw the movie in the theaters, right, Breach I thought Man. you were going to say I went to Teenage Ninja
3: Mutant Turtle camp.
2: I saw the movie that just came out like four years ago in 3D by myself at the theater that Sean goes to in Oakland. Was it Lake Merritt? What's it called?
1: Uh, Grand Lake. I don't get it
2: very Grand often, Lake yes. Theater. This place live says, a mile from there. Tuesday movies are five dollars, or they used to be when I lived there. Yeah, and so I would see whatever, and I saw Ninja Turtles in three D, and I did not regret it.
0: Oh, yeah. This, this is the most like nineties, early nineties thing ever. Was that I believe Vanilla Ice dropped his. Uh, <laughs> this is post like uh, Ice Ice Baby, but like he like the height of Vanilla Ice. He's like peak peak Vanilla. Um uh, and Ninja Turtles are peak. And in Ninja Turtles 2, he dropped like the only time you could hear his first single for the first time was on Ninja Turtles 2. Like you had to go see it in the movies, and Vanilla Ice was in there as a DJ. And it was the I don't was the name of the I think it was uh, Ninja Rap. Ninja. Yeah. Ninja was,
2: Rap. Go Ninja. Go yeah, Ninja. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Yeah, it was good. Ninja. Go Ninja Go. And he dropped that in and like you were like your mind is blown as like a ten year old that like vanilla ice was appearing in the Ninja Turtles movie. Um you know what?
2: And then he went on to bigger things, a bigger movie, Cool as Ice, which got robbed and somehow didn't win every Academy Award that year. But that's that's neither here nor yeah. there.
0: Should we listen to Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go? <laughs> no.
3: Oh, boy. Devo says
4: no. Which
2: Devo is... is vetoing you, right? That's Splinter speaking right now. Don't do it, Michelangelo. Don't eat that extra slice of pizza.
4: <laughs> go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go, 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 go.
3: Ironically, the, the easiest to hear soundbite we've heard. Also,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the nigga's goes like this dance party in this club, and Vanilla has All right, that's probably underneath our copyright limitations. Moving along, <laughs> I
1: hope we get in trouble for that. Out of all the things,
0: that'd be great. Right, but Vanilla and I, you know, we hung out in uh, Indianapolis at the Super. Oh,
1: there you go. All right. Long, long
3: game to get a vanilla ice reference and every way to go.
0: <laughs> I took a picture of vanilla ice. What do you want? For Jovius. Best football podcast. If the Super Friends were a band, what instrument would each of them play? Sean, I'm sure that you have an opinion on this, so we'll go to you first.
1: Yeah,
3: so I'm I just, torn. I don't know whether I want to be lead vocalist or.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I think this, if we're just doing like basic, normal rock band intr- instruments. Uh, I think Brinson has to be the lead singer because he would have to have the spotlight. Like, he could not be in the backdrop. <laughs> he would not be able to stand it if, like, Ryan suddenly got up there and, like, they were like, holy holy crap, that guy can sing. Like, he would, would break up the is? band right there.
3: Brinson is the guy who thinks he's Eddie Vedder. But he's not
1: Eddie better. Well, Brinson's the guy who the band has some early success, and he thinks he can branch off and go solo, and so yeah. he does that. And then his solo career tanks, and then he comes <laughs> back to us, and we have to do the reunion tour 10 years later. So anyways, Brinson's singing. Uh, so it's Brinson's me. Nick Lachey. I'm going to play guitar, because I play guitar. I think Ryan would be the bassist, because I think a lot of bassists are a little bit more low-key. You can stand in the back. I, also, I, think that-
3: I agree with you, and I would be the bassist, because I w- I'm not good enough to be the lead guitarist, and I would be a very angry about being the bassist, but I would have to accept that.
1: And I think Breach would be the drummer, because I feel like there's a lot of just crazy drummers out there, and I think
2: he fits the mold.
1: Like, he's our yep. wild card. Like, we don't know if he's showing up sometimes. We don't know where he's
2: been. He's Definitely eating up old out. Chick-fil-A, like, right before the show, so... Breach, why do you smell like tequila and Chick-fil-A? Can you even <laughs> play the drums tonight? Yeah, I I'd I'd feel good being what the drummer. What do you think, Brenton
3: demands that the band name be called the will brinson band
2: <laughs> it, it's like will brinson
1: and friends.
0: podcast.
3: the will brinson experience brought to you by will brinson sorry will brinson <laughs>
0: uh
3: mouse rat mouse rat yeah
0: uh all right moving along that was Got very that's similar to the ninja turtles by the way that would sort of be the same roles like you could almost see the ninja turtles you know, created as a band come for analysis stay for personalities uh, MMC Bitsack says, always, you know, we've already done this one. Best NFL nicknames. Moving along. It's a good question. What are the best NFL player nicknames of all time? Remember, we all. Beast
1: Mode.
0: Beast Mode, yeah. Uh, excellent. My question for the Super Friends and Debo. Pick, this is Hips Pad via Apple Podcast. Pick a city, not London, or in the U.S. where you'd expand the league. I need team name, mascot and colors assume that we can well we can we can all teleport and time travel a travel time doesn't matter where would you place an nfl team not in the u.s and not in london
3: you know unfortunately i didn't read the parentheses so i didn't see the part about not in the u.s because i had an awesome name awesome team an awesome name but um
2: what was it what it was
3: so um none of you will get this reference because you didn't watch old school nassau soccer i think it was nassau Portland Timbers are the current MLS team, and their old-school uniforms look terrible. Like If you Google old Portland Timbers 70s uniforms, they're sort of green, and they have a T in the middle for Timbers because you're in Portland and trees. Uh, so my new team would be the Portland pot Brownies, and they would be based on that same color scheme. And if you look it up, the T would actually be a marijuana leaf. And, of course, the, uh, the mascot would be basically a modified poop emoji that looks like a bunch of brownies.
1: I hope bad, we get right? sponsored by some marijuana company. Yeah. I can't can't we're
0: Good, Good job. I endorse, I endorse this. Didn't so there's a have Ryan down is the first guy to suggest a pot mascot on the podcast, but here we are. Ryan was 59,000 to one to be the first guy to suggest a pot <laughs> leaf mascot. Never tell uh, me the odds. Breach, where would you go?
2: I would pick Paris because I feel like, A... Who doesn't want to be on that beat? You're on the Paris beat. All of a sudden, you're covering that football team. B, if you have to convince your wife or girlfriend to go to a game, she will be all in. If you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go watch the Bengals play in Paris. (laughs) My wife wants nothing to do with the Bengals, but if they're in Paris, she's in. Now, I don't know that I can beat Ryan on the team name, but I think they would be called the Paris Baguettes, and they would just be named after a loaf of bread because that's, (laughs) like, all they have there. And I feel like you get free bread loaves when you walk in the stadium everybody just eating bread and the visiting team would just be so freaked out by all the bread that it would become a Seahawks type home field advantage boom Paris baguettes
0: <laughs> Sean
2: I, I have a
1: couple but I'll go through them quick one is impractical um, I, th- I would go to Rome I would retrofit the actual Coliseum for football and you'd be called the gladiators have some black and dark purple uniforms I just,
0: why is that impractical? Time how much travel? Is it,
2: how much does this cost, though, to retrofit yeah, the Yeah, I don't that's, know.
1: That's, that's what I need to know. I don't know if Italy is going to let me, like, tear up the Coliseum and retrofit it. Like If mean, you're, keeps...
0: you're teleporting and, like, we're ignoring time travel, like, you, you can have the billions of dollars to upfit the Coliseum. My realistic
1: one is I would go to Vancouver. Um if you've never been to Vancouver, it's an incredible city. Uh, obviously Canada has embraced football with the CFL. I would call them the Steelheads, which is a type of trout that is found in the Pacific Northwest. I would have some light blue uniforms, like kind of like the Manchester City light blue, um with yellow and white as the alternate colors.
0: I like that. Um I sort of imagined something in the Caribbean. I don't know if this would work. I was trying to figure out like a like I want to put it in like on Cayman Brac, but it's like really small. Um, so I guess that's just as impractical as the Roman Coliseum. Uh, but I would do the, uh like, the Cayman Brack, you know, reef sharks or something better than that. Stingrays. Stingrays. Yeah, we'll go Cayman Brack, Stingrays, and we'll plop it on Cayman Brack, and it'll basically take up the whole island. Uh, I, of course, will own the team and live on mm-hmm. Cayman Brack. Did you,
1: in one of the old Maddens or a couple old Maddens, they used to let you, when you played franchise mode, if you selected it as the owner, you could relocate teams. I don't know yeah. if they still do that. Oh, so- And I used to always go to San Juan because it was one of the cities, and I would make it the San Juan Sharks.
0: Yeah, San Juan would be a good spot too. Yeah, until a hurricane
2: blows your stadium away, and then you have to rebuild it using the money that Sean wanted to use to refit the Coliseum.
3: By the way, I have a a backup international city if you want to hear it. Sure. So there's a city in Thailand that's spelled P-H-U-K-E-T. (laughs) Phuket. You pronounce it Phuket? And I would call it the Pookit Browns, move Freddy Kitchens there, let them go to it. <laughs> and that way the fans would be just, yeah, Pookit. <laughs> I give up.
0: Great stuff. One criticism. Criticism. Edelman is a Hall of Fame candidate. Slot receivers can get in. Will Brinson, you and the, some of the usual suspects scoffed at the very notion of an outstanding clutch, fearless, five foot ten slot receiver, still totally bawling out his thirties, being loud in the hallowed grounds of Canton, Ohio. If John Hannah is in, why not Brady's good buddy Jules? And by the way, he will get there someday, so rethink it, please. JMP Alden via Apple Podcasts. Sure, why not? He'll so probably, you know what? I'm, start, I, I'm not starting to agree with the idea. I'm starting to get into Eli Manning territory on Edelman. Where, like, I don't think he should be in, but I think there's enough of a movement, like if he keeps balling out in the playoffs, that he will get in. Um, so and- can I counter that? Yeah.
3: No. If I look way, at, um,
0: by the way, we're going to argue all about Hall of Famers on tomorrow's podcast where we debate the Hall of Fame thing, including Ryan's top pick to roll sucks, but go ahead, Ryan.
3: Yeah, exactly. I want Breach wasn't there, unfortunately. So I want Breach to listen to that podcast. And then to do a sort of, uh, director's cut over the podcast and we'll post that as a podcast. So I'll have some defense from these two maniacs. Uh, Julian Adam, if you look at his pro football reference page at the very bottom, they'll do like similarity scores. And over his career, here are the names that he compares most closely to. Al Toon, Lee Evans, Carl Pickens, <laughs> Louis Lips, TJ Hushmanzada, Jeremy Macklin, Percy Harvin. Any of those guys strike you as Hall of Famers?
2: Uh, if any of them were the best receiver in postseason history, then yes. I think you have to look at what he's done. You can't just look at the regular season. This isn't uh, NFL records where they don't count postseason stuff. Like Drew Brees being the all-time touchdown leader is slightly a sham because Tom Brady's thrown 610 of his career. It's not like his playoff touchdown just magically disappear. And when they do consider all this in the Hall of Fame, they're going to take into account his numbers. And I am totally – I can't believe I'm saying it. But I am hashtag Team Brinson. I was not sold on this when the argument came up over the summer, but the more I've thought about it, he's going to play in a couple more playoff games. He's going to end holding every receiving postseason record, and I think it's going to be hard for the voters to keep someone like that out. So I think he's got a good shot now. I don't know that I would vote for him. I'm still on the fence like Brenton, but I do feel better about his shot.
0: I don't – I yeah, like I don't think I would – I don't think I agree with the idea that he'll get in. Like it bugs me that someone like Calvin Johnson is not considered a slam dunk to get the Hall of Fame, even though he's the best receiver in football for a pretty long stretch and his career was short. But somebody who – I mean like Julian Edelman has three 1,000-yard seasons, including this one surprisingly, and that's it. Like he's, he's never – he's had one 100-catch season. He does, however – have a Super Bowl MVP, and he's won the Super Bowl three times, and like Breach said, he holds every record in the postseason. I would not be shocked at all if he's a guy, depending on what, like, but when he retires, let's say he retires in two years. Does that seem about right? Yeah, he, we'll or, say two years. Uh, let's, say, let's say he plays two more years after this season, or even one year. He's going to retire when there are still a bunch of old-school media guys in, doing the Hall of Fame. And so I think that he's going to get the benefit of the doubt because he's a playoff guy who helped Brady win three Super Bowls in the second part of his career is my theory.
3: Wait, the old school guys are going to get him in or the new school guys are going to
0: get him in? I think the old school guys will. I would Brinson say the new school guys look at analytics
2: and say Julian Edelman was absolutely worthless and he won't get anywhere near the Hall of Fame. But I, again, you Brinson just said it with the three Super Bowls. I don't think the Patriots win – or go to these past whatever suit rules if Edelman's not on the team and I know they were good the really one year that he was injured cuz Gronk was still there but you know last year he carried the team he was the whole team he's the only guy who could get open against the Rams defense I
0: mean he yeah. has he has 1412 receiving yards in the playoffs and 6400 receiving yards in the regular season that's a it's pretty insane I mean like that's that's hard to do he's played in uh, 14, no, excuse me, 18 career playoff games, and he's played in 129 career regular season games. Just saying. All right, nobody seems really impassioned about that. Cool. Boomer. Oh, Pete Prisco is a boomer. We've got a bunch of boomer questions. If you want good picks, pick against Prisco and you're a guaranteed win. Cool. Uh, Also a question for Will Brinson. What's your favorite NFL team? You never mention it, so I was wondering, LOL. Um, you know what? I'm going to ask you guys. Who, who do you think my favorite NFL team is? What are you doing?
3: Of course, you know your favorite NFL team. Then you try to act like it's not your favorite NFL team because you're impartial, and then you cry about Philip Rivers. So. Wait,
0: what? so, who do you think my favorite team is? Your favorite team is the Panthers. Okay. Did you guys, Sean and John, do you agree?
1: I do agree. Yeah, it's the Panthers. But if they're having like a down year, you pretend like you're, yeah. you're not really. You just you just you're from Carolina, you know. But you're not you're not big on the Panthers. Brinson
2: Brinson has eighteen bandwagons parked outside <laughs> his house, and he's ready to jump on any one of them once the Panthers lose two or three games.
0: Well, I mean, I would. I mean, I like the Chargers. I've always rooted for the Chargers. I just Chargers said down. that. But here's
2: my question: When Rivers
1: is gone, will you still care at all about the Chargers?
0: Nah, it. Chargers, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, the Panthers are. I mean, I grew up rooting for the Panthers. Like I've been to Panthers games. I, you know, they were- I love you explaining to us exactly what we knew. Like it's some <laughs> big
4: revelation.
0: But I. But like I don't like I don't think like, like if, when I, when the season started, if the Panthers, you're like I, I'm not going to be broken in half by a Panthers loss early in the season, like Sean.
3: Well, that's the thing. You're too busy trying to troll everyone else that so you don't have time to.
0: I care about more of my picks
3: being right. That is 100% true. And by like, the I, way, prior to week 16, as we record this, you were lip-talking me about catching me, running me down and straight up. Guess uh-huh. who's running who down against the spread, sucker? I'm right on, on your heels. Oh, Ooh. Second place out of nowhere. Oh, he got nervous. Look at that. He can't wait to check. I was surprised too when I checked it this morning.
0: Like how many, how many picks back? I'm five picks back, but I was in
3: last place like a month ago.
0: Oh, are you just on a, on a tear here? Yes, I don't check because I knew
3: Bre- uh, Breach was smoking me straight up. So I just gave up. I had no idea I was doing well against the spread, but here
0: I come. You're the only other person. No, Jamie's one game above 500. All right, I got to tighten up two weeks. This is big. <laughs> He's nervous. Yeah. I, I thought I was, I thought I was I walking. No idea. In. <laughs> me either. I wasn't even paying attention to yours. Dave, get your picks in. Dave, you lazy Dave. Um, how did you do last week? Did you have a scorching week? Oh, yeah. I haven't been paying attention. Ten five and one. Here I come. Is oh my god, is this like just a chalk fest for Ryan Wilson? You went nine, five, and two the week before. Yeah, I went six, eight, and two the week before. All right. Ryan's hot. Better watch out, baby.
2: Oh, Here man, if, if Brinson doesn't win either of the picks <laughs> things, that's gonna ruin his whole entire life. He's gonna go into hiding and Wilson's got to host the podcast. Yeah.
0: Boomer, not that... the one you think. Breach? What? My question for you and the boys is between all of our failing to succeed teams we all support, including my Giants, which team is pushing deep into the playoffs or playing for the chip first in the next five years? Love all the work you guys put in. Love the arguments, bickering and beer talk. Just working, keep working hard at hardly working and will just accept Boomer because it's never going away. Aramac 80, uh, via Apple podcast. So I think that he's. This is easy. Sean and Breach and. Him? he asking me and Ryan. I don't think so.
1: Wait, what? Isn't he asking out of all the teams we support, which one is going to push for Super Bowl first? It's the Steelers. Yeah. It's the Steelers. Yeah, I think this is pretty easy, obvious.
3: Pretty I, I just easy. think though, what if we don't know about Big Ben's arm because he hasn't thrown yet, and some people think that's not a big deal
2: because he Ryan. They're eight and six with a literal duck playing quarterback right now. So you put any functional quarterback in there, they're going to win ten games. So, All right, John. I mean, let me
3: ask you this before you guys go on to your teams: What if Andy Dalton is the Steelers' quarterback next year? How many games are they winning? Ten. Of course, you said about the Bengals this year too. So I don't know if that's I can take that.
2: No,
1: up.
0: I said six. I,
1: oh. <laughs> the ceiling, Ryan, was ten. Oh, ceiling. okay.
0: If the Steelers had Andy Dalton this year, they'd be like chasing Lamar Jackson for the division.
1: Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Brenton. Yeah. That's what I said. There are ten. I, I agree with Rich. They're a ten-win team next year with with Andy Dalton. Nice.
0: So I get might be, they might be a 10 <laughs> team with Mitchell Trubisky. I'm dead serious.
3: Yeah. Now he's a poor man's Josh Allen. And if you can win with Josh Allen, I feel like you can find a way to win with Mr. Trubisky.
0: I mean the Steelers get I mean, like, maybe but they gotta get rid of Randy Fickner, by
3: the way. guess here stand. here's my thing about him, the offensive coordinator. I, I get angry when he runs the ball on second and ten every series in the first half. But then when you let Mason and or Duck throw the ball in the third quarter, it's a bunch of pick-sixes. So you're like, all right, I get it, but it's super hard to watch. And you're basically saying we have to
1: win every game 10-7. to 7. It's it's hard to be an offense. Like, we talked about this when I defend Nag, Nagy on this podcast. It's like, it's hard to be a play caller when you don't have a quarterback who can make basic throws.
0: That's that's the truth. Uh, all right, this is from Boogman. Well, who's, who's second place? The Bears. Panthers, Bears, those
1: next year. I would say the Bears because I think they are a
2: competent quarterback away from if a playoff healthy. team. And then the Panthers and then the Giants and then the Bengals.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. I would say the Panthers are above the Bears. I was going to say, if Cam's healthy, that's a different story. I mean, like, I think there's a much better chance of, like, Breeze could retire. I mean, you know, the, I mean, James, like, the heart, the,
1: the, for both of these cases, like, you got to see what happens in the offseason and who their quarterbacks are. Because if, if Cam's not there and they're starting, Panthers are starting some rookie, I don't. I would, and the Bears get some veteran who's an average. Quarterback. What happens I'd if rather.
0: Happens the Panthers get Greg Roman and bring Cam back?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then you give advantage Panthers, but the you, it's man. hard to know without knowing the Bears and Panthers quarterbacks.
0: Sure. Well, Mitchell Trubisky will be the Bears quarterback.
1: You, he's going to be on the roster. You don't know if he's going to be the starter.
0: He's going to have his fifth
1: year. Uh, fifth year. Yeah. What's call it?
2: Yeah, you can do that and not start him. You can keep him on the bench with $20 million. Unless you're RG3 and you know you're going to bring him, yeah, him yeah. and you want to keep him healthy, you're not keeping him on a $20 that's, million. That's
1: two years away. Next year is not getting paid $20 million. Next year is a very affordable, cheap.
2: So you're going to pick million. up the option, keep him on the bench during his cheap year, and then make him mad so that going in his fifth year when he's due $20 million, he doesn't want to play for your team anymore? And then you can cut him.
0: Aaron, listen, you need to Are you draw- kidding me?
2: He'll purposely injure himself at practice
0: so he can get yeah. that money guaranteed. You need to grow up and understand something. Your starting quarterback in 2020 is Mitchell Trubisky. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why you haven't figured this out. Grow up and understand something.
1: <laughs> I mean, it might be Ryan. No, Ryan. I mean, Ryan Pace might might do it. I, I've been saying this all along. It's been my my biggest fear. But the smart yeah. thing to do is pick up his fifth year option and then sign someone, get someone like Dalton, uh, or even like Mariota or someone like that. Mariota
0: maybe. Dalton's not going to come to Chicago to compete with me. He's Mitchell going to Trubisny. Pittsburgh, Sean. Where else is Mariota
1: going? I mean, I think Mariota's stuck it. I said Mariota.
0: Mariota, maybe. I okay. don't think, I, I don't think Andy Dalton is going to be willing to take, um, like a backup, a potential backup role in a rigged starting contest in the, with Chicago.
2: Well, if he's not going to take a backup role, is he going to be out of the league next year?
0: <laughs> he's
3: he's going me- to Pittsburgh to be the starter. I'm tired of telling you guys this.
0: I mean, like Rivers he could retire. started eight minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, Ben could retire. Rivers could retire. I don't think they will, but I'm just saying like, like he could go to Jacksonville. I don't have to play with Nick Foles or Gardner Mitchell. I, I, I just don't, I think if you, if you're a veteran who signs with Chicago, you are walking into a job where you are going to have to like, I don't know that you're going to necessarily beat out Tra, like Trubisky. I feel like Trubisky. Four weeks there. in
1: you will. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. You've got
0: you got a, a lot, lot of to play. play. I, that's all I'm saying. Great show. So, says, uh, Bugman41. Two things. I love this question. What's your strategy? We're going to go to the first one first, and we'll ask about the Dolphins. We'll pair that with another question. Two things. What's your strategy when you're in the grocery store? Per- What's your strategy when you're in the grocery store? Perimeter than middle? Middle aisles than perimeter? Or go to spots with purpose? This is such a great question. Because I my, my plan of attack is I go, at least the way our primary grocery store is set up, the Harris Teeter locally here, both the ones I go to are set up, to the right, veggies. And I'm doing I'm doing all veggies. I'm getting salad. I'm getting you know lettuce, avocados, tomatoes, whatever else I need. in The veggies. That's how I order my list when I go to the store. Uh, then I swoop through the deli section and grab whatever meats I need. Uh, you know, hit up the the guy in the meat counter. You know, get my chicken, all that. Uh, then I roll back through through the dairy and I go all the way to the end to the frozen section. Grab all the stuff from the frozen section, and then I loop back through and hit crisscrossing aisles depending on what I need with like coffee or canned items, etc. And you want to pop out either getting your alcohol. Or getting your canned vegetables because then you're right there at the self checkout. I think that maybe all grocery stores are laid out similarly. We have Wegmans. They're Wegmans now in Raleigh, by the way. Yeah, no, I, mean, I need to go check it out. They're,
3: they're a game changer. People love grocery stores. My my initial strategy is to not go to the grocery store. Like my wife usually does it. I hate sure. grocery stores, sure. as you might imagine. But as you laid it out, I could visualize exactly where you were going because that's how our Wegmans is laid out. Right.
4: My is issue
0: I can see you reacting, and you're like, oh, my God, this monster has a plan for the store? I wasn't expecting this. Well, I don't know where anything is. And my wife asks for, like, the smallest spice
3: you can't find anywhere. I'm, like, going through the organic, <laughs> and I get angry, so I don't get anything on my list. And by the way, I think there's an app, at least for Wegmans. You can find out where things are, and they give you the aisle number, which is huge for old people like myself. But uh, I try to avoid it because it's just, like, the people there, everyone tries to cut you off and come out of the, uh, the aisle. It's just not my scene.
2: I don't like spending more than five minutes in a grocery store. I have my list. I get the same stuff every week. I know exactly where it is. If Frozen I'm in Chick-fil-A there, sandwich. That's next door. That's only on Sundays, Ryan. During the week, I eat unfrozen Chick-fil-A. Uh, you guys,
0: there you go. uh Mr. Breach, we have your uh chicken cold <laughs> as you requested. They're sitting there with, with bag the bag ready,
2: <laughs> with wearing the white gloves. Uh Yeah, so I fly in. Fly out. The only thing that's bad is sometimes they have like fun things set up on the end caps. Uh, One time, for instance, last week there was the Ghirardelli peppermint bark chocolate, which is the only.
0: Try the eggnog. Uh,
2: Well, I've had the eggnog, but I don't appreciate it. Like I appreciate real eggnog. But yeah, so I grab that and I get home and my wife's like, why do we have 700 little squares of peppermint bark chocolate? And I'm like, you're pregnant. This is okay. You're going to eat it. And then now we've eaten it. And, and so I buy things that I'm that guy. That's why they set the stuff up on the end cap is because people like me buy it.
1: I'm like breach. I don't, I don't buy the stuff near the checkout, but I, I'm in and out of the grocery store probably within 10 minutes. Um, and I go to Trader Joe's and it's, I feel like it's a much smaller grocery store than Trader like Trader
3: Joe's I can handle. Like Trader Joe's I love because it's only 4,000 square feet and you, you can find exactly.
0: If you can't find something at Trader Joe's, you're like, I'm a moron. Right. And there's, <laughs> there's like three aisles. So the
1: nice thing about Trader Joe's is they also have one checkout for baskets only, right, and one checkout for carts. And I get a lot of groceries, but I stuff it all into a, like a super heavy basket so I can go into the basket line. Uh, but I start, I go in a circle. So I start at the left wall and go all the way to the back and loop my way back down, like more towards the middle, not on the right wall. Yeah, the right that's wall By
3: yeah. the way, the only thing about Trader Joe's I don't like, too much chit-chat from the checkout people. Less talk, more, more uh, ringing things up. I don't want to have a conversation. About I,
0: I'm with you on that. Yeah. The only reason I haven't been to Wegmans frankly is that I'm like scared about like disrupting my grocery store routine that I'm going to have to I will
3: tell this to anyone uh, who goes to Wegmans the- for the your selection the- is incredible. Yeah, and, who- and this is actually more incredible. You'll thank me later. Um but probably not much later. Get the chocolate cake. It will blow your mind. It is insanely good and it has more calories than John's favorite eggnog, but you will it'll be worth it. It is bonkers nuts good. Best chocolate cake ever.
0: How is the sushi at Wegmans? Great.
3: Oh boy, it is really good. They hire actually legit Japanese guys to make it. And they're not messing around. They're not chit chat chatting like uh, jo- Trader Joe's checkout guys. They're making sushi, and um, it's great. My kids love <laughs> Cause
0: it. Because the, the sushi at Harris Teeter is absolute dog crap. Like, yeah, I, was, I, mean, like, right. I like it ends up being like eight ninety nine, and you're like choking down some like like terrible rice or like. I
3: food. feel like the sushi from Wegmans is actually a little cheaper than that. I think it, you know varies by weight, but I think I've. Paid as little as like five ninety nine, six ninety nine for like a California roll for my kids or something.
2: Publix has okay. my Publix by my house has Publix sushi food. for five dollars on Wednesdays, and I just go in, and buy all of it, and then I eat it all, and then I don't feel good because I eat so much, but it's so delicious, I don't care, and I do it the next week.
3: So then, Chick Fil A
0: micro, <laughs> Microwave the next day. The
1: next <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, breach out of all of us has the most alarming food habits. I think
3: alarming is the right
1: word. <laughs> <laughs> he buys uh-huh. all of it. <laughs>
0: By the way, Boogman Boogman also asked, and uh, so did uh, John Technician Hilario, um, they both had questions, actually on the same day, about the Dolphins. Bookman said, what are the chances I ever see my fins in a meaningful playoff game? I'm 33 and don't ever really remember a time when we had a chance, Love the show. And uh, John Technician Hilario says, realistically, how far away is Miami from being a legit contender for a Super Bowl? It seems like they're rebuilding every season since Dan the man retired. Is it the culture or ownership's fault why they never develop talent and bring in the correct personnel?
3: By the way, before we get going, John has a heart out in five minutes, so keep that in mind as we... I
0: mean, this is going to be the last question, and then Breach is going to go buy some day-old sushi and, yep. uh, and eat it at his uh, baby visit.
3: I will just point this out as we get going. Um, the Dolphins in the 2020 draft have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, I think 10 picks. Um, six of those picks are in the top 68. They have the most cap space of any NFL team at $113 million for 2020. And if you like Brian Flores and Chris Greer, the GM, and you think they're smart, and it seems like Brian Flores has sort of turned a corner. We were doubting what he was doing initially, and that Josh Rosen stuff was still kind of weird. But they seem to be on the right track. Now, you can argue that the Laramie-Tonsal trade and the Minka-Patrick trade didn't necessarily work out. But Minka didn't want to be there. I don't know if Laramie wanted to be there or not. But they got two first-round picks for for Laramie, so two-for-one player. You can sort of explain that away. And if you make the right picks and hit them free agency, they could be – seven or eight wins next year maybe or is that too much no that's fine the quarterbacks big issue
0: yeah i mean look ryan fitzpatrick is not great but like i really think what they've done in terms of miami this year is so much better than what cleveland did when they stripped everything down and, and actually lost on purpose like this team winning games is good like, they're young guys on the team who are winning games and, like, trying hard and working hard. You can find out more about these players. You can develop a culture, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, I, I just think what, what they've done in that sense is a good thing. They're going to have the picks anyway. Maybe they stink. You know, maybe um – Fitzpatrick gets hurt or like they end up going with Rosen all next year. Or so. I, I like who, I don't think you know necessarily. Maybe Fitzpatrick retires. We'll, we'll see what happens, but it's totally possible that they're not a good football team next year. Um, if that's the case, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Uh, they could potentially get Trevor Lawrence. So I think it's just, this is a good building block for a bad team. And this is the way to do it. They ripped all the assets away. They didn't try and churn again. They've been 500 for so many years in a row. I think you got to burn it all to the ground. And then build it back up in a smart way, but you, Steven Ross, has to be patient. You know, the the Raiders tried to do this with Reggie McKenzie and 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 Jack Del Rio, and then bailed three three years in, after they regressed from they went to twelve wins and regressed back a little bit. Um, you know, whatever you think about Derek Carr, you you had Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, and Amari Cooper. He had building blocks in place after ripping it down and being terrible for a couple years. If the Dolphins get have a decent like ten win season and then come back a little bit and they blow it all up, that's how you end up in in the cycle again.
2: And the other part of that is I do feel like, and I know we say this every year, but it does feel like the Patriots <laughs> dynasty slowly crumbling in the next I mean, I'll be surprised if it's still there three years from now. I feel like next year would be the potential end. So there is, like, room for AFC East team to kind of sneak in there. Obviously, the Bills look really good. But as long as Adam Gase is in charge of the Jets, they're not going to do anything. Uh So then you look at the Dolphins, and Brinson just mentioned a lot. But I think the key is finding a quarterback. We all thought they were tanking for Tua, uh, and now they're just, like, whimpering for anything because they're three and 11. They're going to get a top five pick. There's not going to be any quarterbacks. So they're going to be stuck with Fitzpatrick or Andy Dalton or someone else. They they try and sign this off season. Um, so I just think the quarterback situation is so precarious that I don't think they're going to compete until they fix that. So I would say the earliest I see them winning a playoff game since I think that's why our book man friend wanted to know at age 33, I would put it three years out at the earliest. Bog, you're going to be 36 when you see a playoff game.
0: At that that's a win if you're a Dolphins fan. 33 but you, years from now,
2: but you did get a whole movie about your mascot being stolen and kidnapped, and no one else got that. So don't get greedy.
0: That's right. You got Ace Ventura. What do you what do you complain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we're going to say goodbye to Breach. So we're going to take a break. We have a couple more questions, and we're going to answer them without Breach. After the, it feels a little wrong, that's okay, Breach. Does, does it feel wrong? Does it feel wrong? Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. All right, welcome back. John Breach is gone, but that's okay. We're gonna soldier on and finish the mailbag. It'll now be long for your Christmas drive, your holiday season. Make sure, to rate, review, subscribe, and you can leave your own question on for a future mailbag. Just go to Apple Podcasts and do it. Do it. Question from Cyril Five. Seer L E five. Okay. Uh in everyone's own opinion is that is the Pats and ownership legacy forever damaged? And does Brady need to be judged on his own and detached from this franchise? Merry Christmas. Uh, Cyril's from Great Britain as well, we should note. Um, interesting concept. I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't think, oh yeah, and there's uh, one more Pat, sorry. Laura from New England. Uh, love the show. Love that Succession was referenced. Love Succession. Question for the end of your mailbag. Why did the Pats let Josh Gordon go? Wouldn't the team record be better if they hadn't released him? Who exactly let him go? Will this be another eternal Pats mystery a la sitting Malcolm Butler? Worth noting, this was sent in on 12-16-2019, which means that's probably when it was posted. It was probably posted before Josh Gordon was suspended, but I think we can kind of take those as two as a whole. Um, plus I want to give a shout out to Laura and the succession thing. So let's, um, let's combine that. Your thoughts on the Patriots Sean?
1: So they're basically asking in the wake of this new Spygate part two, right? If they're...
0: Or just the Patriots. I think, I think it's... So like, let me, let me frame it in different ways. I was out to, uh, lunch with my mother. And, uh, oh no, we were sitting there waiting for this Christmas chapel thing. And, um somebody behind us was like, new parent they were asking me what I did. And I was like, you talking about football. And said, yada, yada, yada. My mom ends up telling this lady that she thinks the Patriots are a bunch of dirty cheaters. Mm-hmm. And... Just, it was just interesting because I think you know my mom has this thirty thousand foot viewpoint, and I guess that's you know if you've been covering the NFL for like five or ten years, you sort of understand some of the nuances of the Patriots' willingness to blur the lines or whatever. Um, but I think some people look at it and think these guys, like my mom, thinks what they did with the Bengals thing is just flat out cheating, and they're just cheaters. Um, so how how do you think they should be viewed in the course of history, Sean? I guess is what I'm saying. I think
1: there. I don't. There shouldn't be an asterisk, but there's always going to be a section in the Wikipedia entry of this dynasty of scandals, and you can't get away from that. That said, I don't think the scandals have played a role. I don't. The scandals aren't the reason why they've won how many six Super Bowls now. Uh, That's not the reason why. And I thought Deflate Gate, out of all them, was the biggest sham, out of all them. And, And the fact that you always come back to is. Uh, that football was used – those underinflated footballs, mildly, were used in a 45-8 to 8 result. Uh, so, like, I don't think that had a single impact uh, on the game. This most recent gate I think, is completely blown out of proportion. Uh, I'm not saying the Patriots didn't have malice, maybe, by trying to gain an advantage – But the fact that they were doing it against the Bengals, and I know the arguments what other teams are doing it against, this is not the reason why the Patriots are this good. And if you listen to former NFL players, I know Jeff Schwartz on Twitter was talking about it. Everything that is on that video that the Patriots are looking at, that should not be giving a team an advantage. I mean anyone from the stands can see all that stuff going on on the sidelines. So this doesn't – bother me at all and maybe that's just me because and i think it's probably because we cover the nfl and like there's probably a little bit a part of us that's a little bit like just jaded from like hearing this stuff like i just don't think this is a factor whatsoever in their success but it will no, be I a think, section
3: i think sean's right because i actually said the other day when we were talking about the latest video that Jake glazer broke because of his power of invisibility um we couldn't even remember what the 2007 tape was when he broke that one like i don't even remember what was on it i mean um, yeah, that was an issue, and yeah, that was a problem. I'm with Sean. The Deflategate thing was trumped-up charges, and they suspended Tom Brady four games for that. And by the way, when they came back and beat the um, beat the Falcons, and when they sort of beat the, the Rams last year in a, a really hard-to-watch Super Bowl, not once did anyone mention, oh, by the way, this is the same team that was um, on the hook for Deflategate and Spygate. No no one cares at the end of the day. Um, Sean did mention the word malice, which reminded me of my favorite all-time use of the word malice in the NFL context. Um, Mike Carey former NFL official who worked for um, CBS for a while he once called the Lions Ravens game and Terrell Suggs bumped him I remember this game because I used to hate the Ravens a whole lot before Lamar Jackson came along and he announced the, the personal foul penalty and he said on like on his hot mic he bumped me with malice in his heart which was <laughs> fantastic I love that explanation for why he uh he got flagged I think he was probably flagged for some other penalty and then he was arguing and accidentally bumped Mike Carey. But in Mike Carey's view, he had malice in his heart, and that's my favorite use of the word malice as it relates to the NFL.
0: Is there not a YouTube of that? Um, I was I was looking for I was looking for a YouTuber of that. That would have been cool because you know what there is a YouTube of. Oh boy! Oh yeah! One of the all-time.
3: Cherry <laughs> describes said holding call. It it's in five,
0: the pile, sixty-nine offense. He was giving them the business. Them the
3: business. That's a play.
0: You know that was a uh, Maryland NC State game too. Number sixty nine on NC State was giving him the business, which means I, is that when he did the punch head thing?
3: Because I, I think an NFL official gave him that. I think mean, he was messing with his junk. Oh well, there's an NFL clip of a of uh, an official doing the, giving him the business, and he holds he does a simulation of a headlock and punching the guy in the headlock, and he says giving him the business. I'm pretty sure, unless I'm dreaming that up.
0: Um. Either way, yeah.
3: it's nice, nice, find.
0: Yeah. Um. In fact, uh, I'm trying to think if there's a, yeah, there's a Jets Bills game maybe. Is that what it was? But Ron Terry was the original giving him the business. There you Uh, go. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if I, um, look, I, 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 I tend to mostly agree with Sean. I do think, I do think the Patriots have, whether or not, like, I, like, Ignoring the fact that they may or may not have tried to get this video from the Bengals, I do think the Patriots have probably benefited at some point in the history of time through illegally videotaping other teams. Like there, even if you look at the video and you're like, that's a walkthrough or, you know, that's filming a coach on the sidelines for the Bengals. Like there's a benefit to this stuff. Bill Belichick is smart enough, <clears throat> excuse me, if he gets that tape that he can use it to his advantage, even if it's just like, even if it's just getting a head start on decoding formations and personnel and and uh, what a certain coach would do on the sideline, I do think it benefits him. Um, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like I do think the first three Super Bow- I don't think they won the first three Super Bowls because of that. But if I was a member of the Rams or I was a member of the Panthers or I, rem- I was a member of the Eagles from those three Super Bowls, I would definitely have in my head that we lost those games because they knew what we were doing on offense because they had our signals. However. I think it's like when you're playing, you're playing golf and like you hit a, you're closest to the green or close to the pin on a par three and you got to validate by putting to get par. The Patriots went out and won three more Super Bowls. So like they validated it. You know, like, like there's no, it was getting to the point where it was like, well, these guys haven't won since Spygate. It is a little awkward. And then they reeled off three more Super Bowls and that, that snuffed out any, any of that chatter. And I look, there's no question in my mind that Bill Belichick's the greatest coach in the history of football and Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback in football. I'm not trying to pull down their legacy, but I do think that there is a little bit of, it's not an asterisk. It's just tarnished to touch maybe. I mean there's a sec- – there's going to be a
1: separate Wikipedia section on scandals. Yeah. But to your point about them being able to gain something by looking at coaches, I actually I, – I do agree with you that Belichick clearly sees something there because if you watch – it might have been inside the NFL or whoever did like the mic'd-up Super Bowl of the Rams-Patriots. Oh, no. There's a part where Belichick is asking the booth, where's McVeigh? Where he- where's McVeigh? Oh, there he is. I, I, sw- I got him on the 40. He's clearly you- watching the coaches.
0: Did you ever see the Urban Meyer thing that they paired it with? Somebody paired it with? So Urban Meyer describes um, – and I can uh, – I guess I could try and bring it up if we wanted, but it's probably better for me just to explain it quickly. Um, Urban Meyer doing in a Big Ten Network thing, and he's like, Ryan Day's me be mad at me for saying this, but what I like to do is find out what coaches are heavily involved in special teams. And I need. I want to know going into the game. And he's like, you know, being coaching there at Ohio State six years, you know the league pretty well. But if a new guy came in, you would go check out. You would have an advanced scout or like one of his GAs look at all the tape and figure out and like ask around the league, call around. You know, he, Urban would call his friends and find out and figure out what coaches were heavily involved in special teams. And so he would watch the coach on a punt. And if the coach was not involved in special teams, but was over there with like his hands on his knees, like leaned down, staring at the punt, Urban would start. He'd say he'd like, he'd start waving his arms because he would know that something was up because all of a sudden this guy was interested in a punt, and it's you know it's just a tell that it might be a fake punt or you know some, something some shenanigans are up, and so he would have a signal for his guys like watch out for the fake punt. Well, whoever edited whoever put that clip on Twitter then edited it and added immediately after the clip of Belichick. He's going, "Where's McVeigh? Where's McVeigh? I can't find him." And so I just think, yeah, like he. He benefits. He's he's play, you're playing poker out there, and to a certain extent. And I think Belichick knows that, and he likes to know what the tendencies of his opponent are, and what what is what the other coaches tend to do. So yes, there is some benefit to it, even if you're not stealing plays, you are getting an advanced look at what other coaches do who you might not have faced, and so uh, that matters. And, you, know, I think the the good comp is Sean for the Wikipedia thing when you talk about. You know, like anytime you look at a celebrity who's got like a sordid past or whatever. Like if you look up Charlie Sheen's Wikipedia page, it's like starred in blah 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 blah, and then like at the bottom it's like personal life, and like per or like or like like the you know blank scandal. There's just like there's gonna be all there's just gonna be a big chunk of it that is gonna be dedicated to the Patriots in that regard. Maybe Charlie. When Sheen's I think
3: is of that. Charlie Sheen. Uh, my first thought is fair Bueller's Day Off, and my first thought isn't Shark Juice, or whatever he called it, Tiger but- Blood. Tiger Blood, they would Shark Juice. Charlie Tiger Sheen, Blood, Shark Juice.
1: Charlie Sheen has an entire section of contra, contra, er, controversy.
3: But that's it's, not my first it's, thought. It's, I
1: think so. Two bullet points underneath there, or two yeah. headers.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, doesn't that, doesn't that, or maybe like Robert De Niro is a better example? What's his controversy? Are you serious? Robert De Niro went to, like, rehab a bunch. No idea. R- really? Yeah. Or no, no, maybe it was no, no, not De Niro. I said the wrong person. Um, anyway, you Niro, get the point. I didn't
3: know that either. <laughs> I, was <laughs> I was gonna say just making yeah. up
0: stuff. Who are you thinking? Apologies to Robert De Niro. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> yeah. Um. he's, oh, thinking,
1: ah, of Ju- he's thinking of Judd Nelson. De
0: Niro has, Nelson. has legal issues. There we go. See, you
1: didn't know though. I mean, he's okay. like he's like ninety. I feel like you live ninety years. There's a chance he right. might get yourself into something.
0: But, but I mean, like you know what I'm saying. Like the, like that, It's that extra section. There's always gonna be the extra section. Sorry, De Niro. But well, my okay. point is
3: that even with Charlie Sheen, who has That's that conversation, Robert Jr., what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're doing. You had the first name right.
0: Yeah. I love Danny Jr. I love De Niro, too, obviously. You just said
3: Iron Man. I didn't know what you meant.
0: I guess all these guys have re- yeah religious views and political. But you get the point. The personal life section. The Patriots are going to get a personal life section. Yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. yeah, they are. They are. There will always be a wicked team. It's fine,
1: though. I don't, that won't be my first thought of the Patriots. De Niro also has some recent troubling accusations. Oh, boy. So I don't want to brush it off. I was like, anyone lives 90 years.
0: Yeah. Um, no,
1: I did not read the section before I read that. I
0: should have just, just rolled with De Niro then, apparently. Uh, yeah, look, most of these actors have that stuff. Um, and by the way, the, the Josh Gordon thing, I think, probably sorted itself out. It turns out the Patriots had a security team watching him. They probably knew something was coming. And the Seahawks were desperate and took a chance. They didn't want to have – I guess Pete Carroll didn't want Antonio Brown. So we went with Josh Gordon. And said, "The Goat of Football Podcast." Shout out T Petefor. Love it. We're the greatest of all time. Some say. Some say Debo. People are that, saying. Put that in the next quarterly report. Some say the greatest pod, football podcast of all time. Tried a bunch of football podcasts. Slowly whittled it down to these guys. Wow, that's nice. this makes me feel good about myself and ourselves. I'm concerned. Great content and funny, but I have a question in all caps. It's my guy. Could you run a flying V play? Is it legal? Or has it been done? Hashtag #MightyDucks. Um, so I think he means in the football field.
3: Yeah, yeah. I actually looked this up because I wasn't sure. Like the 1903 or 1913, there was a game between Yale and Princeton, I believe, and that was the first time they ran the flying V, which is basically like a, you know, like the geese flying south, the, the V formation, and you have the ball carrier right behind them, yeah, and you lock
0: boy. arms. You've seen Mighty Ducks, right?
3: Not in 25 years. Okay, but you, you saw it. Like you saw Mighty Ducks. All I remember John. is Emilio Estevez. Charlie Sheen's brother is not it. Yeah. Step brother, but sure. Um, no. I, I think so. brothers? They just have different names. Okay. Estevez is the original name. Wikipedia, that nerd. Anyway, go ahead. Uh,
1: no, but the. Can I say something really quick before we get into it? So I googled "Flying V" and the first link is an Up rocks link. And this is the headline. The Mighty Ducks flying V is BS, and so is Gordon Bombay's legacy. And guess who wrote the article? John Breach. Pete Blackburn.
4: Whoa! <laughs> <Sucky> <laughs> who guy. worked at Pete CBS. You
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was thinking, Breach, right, for Uprox? The um Blackburn, man, you talk about sorted Internet history. Blackburn's written everywhere. 12 Up, Uprox. Next There's Impulse sports. sports. Next Impulse, yeah. Um, no sports by Brooks though. Uh, the, um, Oh my God. So just really, just really quickly. This is insane. So, um, I was at, you know, I was telling you, I was at the, the Christmas chapel or whatever. And there was some people behind us talking like the, this lady, older lady grandmother came in and was like talking to me and my mom as we were sitting there holding the seats. And she's like, yeah, my daughter's from just you know, moved back from California. Like a year ago, the kids go here now, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, um, and the daughter came and sat down with her, too, and, and we were just talking – I they were asking me what I did, and I was talking about writing about football. She was like, well, this is probably random. You probably don't know it, but, like, I went to college with a guy who became a, a football blogger. I was like, oh, really? She was like, yeah, Jason McIntyre? Like, she went to college. She was like, He was, like, in their wedding. Like, the big lead was in their wedding, so a very small world, and I think they went to school and knew Jamie Watcher as well. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, as to the Flying V, I don't think that would be legal – In today's NFL. It's
3: not legal a kickoff anymore.
0: Well, you would have to do it on a kickoff. You could not do it I mean, I guess in theory you could do like a really long snap and have everybody drop back to a V. But the thing is, like if you lock your arms, you're just gonna get submarine by some
3: Grady Jackson or someone and that'll be a wrap.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would be very productive. Could you run I I just don't know. I don't think that's gonna work. Like one guy's gonna get through a tackle the ball carrier. It was so
3: sort of uh, transformational the first time anyone saw it back in 1913 or whatever it was that there was no sort of remedy for it. But I think a 100 years later, maybe they figured it out. I don't know.
0: I I just I don't think that you could use it. There would be some kind of illegal formation. And also, you would have to deal with the fact that the offensive lineman couldn't run it. Like everybody on skates can skate at the same speed. Like you can find the same tempo. I don't know that you can use, like, offensive linemen, wide receivers to run at the same speed. But, I mean, I guess we, in theory, could try it. Why does Blackburn say it's BS, Sean? Did you, did you get to deep dive on that?
1: You, I did not read the article.
4: Okay.
0: That's, <laughs> that, that checks out for a Pete Blackburn article. Um, <laughs> best pod ever from Z-Rod. Z-Rod's back? Same Z-Rod? So this is for Sean. Can I come with Mike C. to Wagner-McGuff Thanksgiving 2039, too? Also, I was wondering, in a game of basketball, who would be the one to roll up with a boombox? Who would be the one with the compression tights acting all cool? Who would be secretly good, and who would not play and just talk to girls on the sideline?
1: Reach is the last one. He can come to Thanksgiving, but he has to bring his own Brussels sprouts. That's That's all I ask for. Everyone contributes. Everyone eats. Worst Thanksgiving
0: ever. Three jerk stores with a bunch of Brussels sprouts in Oakland. and uh-huh. a one bedroom apartment in Oakland. Blasting That's-
3: brand new and crying.
0: eating Brussels- crying out of Brussels sprouts. Sounds.
1: You guys don't <laughs> want to come? thankful for music. Uh,
0: I don't know. Um, I'm probably the, no, Ryan would be the one in compression shorts. Be like, yeah, I got these after I tore my ACL. Really? I would be,
3: <laughs> I would be Jim Carrey and, uh, and the cable guy.
0: Headband, full workout gear, terrible. You have
3: to run suicides before, before you start playing pickup. Yeah. You never saw Uh, Cape Sean? It's a great movie, directed by... did that come out? Um, mid-90s, directed by Ben Stiller. Really good.
0: It's it's a dark comedy. Very dark. Yeah. Um, I I might like it then. I'm the guy who would be secretly terrible. I am awful at basketball. That would not be a secret to me. But like, I like, like, inhumanly bad at basketball. So, um,
3: Maybe you should talk to the girls on the sideline with Breach then.
0: Yeah, I'll probably just sit on the sidelines and talk. I can see Breach being with a, with a boombox.
3: Sean, are you going to get a basketball? I would guess no, but maybe you are.
1: Right now, no, but I used to like a couple years ago after I graduated college, our friends and my friends and I would play every Saturday for like four hours. So I used to be decent, but I haven't shot a basketball probably in in over a year well um, we can add to I the, actually i'm wearing a three-on-three tournament shirt that i got last year or this year earlier this okay. year so i did play someone recently we did not win a game
0: unfortunately sean sean's secretly good then
3: well let's add it to the olympics along with field goal kicking we can do three-on-three basketball
0: fun times uh christmas mailbag falcons fan here what do you think about our chances of firing dan quinn and who do we draft with a top 10 pick shakir 24 from canada falcons fan from canada I don't uh, think they're going to fire Dan Quinn. Ooh, they are him? They're red hot. You think they're going to fire him? Describe him as red hot. I, mean,
1: I kind of think a, Arthur Blank is looking for a reason not to fire him. To be honest, I, because I because I think there was a a port a point in the middle of the year. Where it was, it would have made very easy sense to just fire him and no one would have argued with it. And I kind of felt like he was hoping there was going to be this late surge to get them to like seven and nine or something. So I could see that happening. I, I think he'll get fired, but, uh, I don't think it's over. I think if they win their last two games by blowouts or whatever, um, I think he could be back.
0: They're five and nine. They're red hot. <laughs> one, two yeah, games. but what were they a month into the season? Three and nine? Three and six? They're three and two in their last five games, so. Yeah, that's good. They were two and seven. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> I mean, going three and two over a month stretch where you've been eliminated from the playoffs is not an impressive feat. Like that's, I, I agree with you in the sense that I think Dan Quinn would love an excuse to bring Dan, I mean, that shot that.
1: <laughs> agreed. Dan Quinn <laughs> would love to bring Dan Quinn
0: back. <laughs> Arthur Blank would, Arthur,
1: Arthur,
0: Arthur Blank would love to find a reason to bring him back. He doesn't want to fire anybody. He don't want to look like an a hole. But um, I, I think
1: ten yeah. losses is hard to sell. But if say they win their last two games, which against the Jags in at Tampa Bay, I don't see them winning both those games. Then they can sell the fact that after our week nine bye, we went six and two. Like I think that's what, that's how they would sell it. But I ultimately, do you think they're going to beat the Jags and the Bucks now? I think one and one is probably their best.
0: If the Bucks finish nine and seven, I think he's getting fired. How about that? Okay, because I think it's going to be like, man, like, hey, Dan, like, I'm sorry, we're giving you everything. You got a better roster than Bruce Arians does in Tampa Bay, and they're nine and seven and barely missed the play. Like, you know what I mean? By so I the think- way,
3: uh, in terms of the draft, I, I'm looking back at every draft mock draft I've done since September 4th, and I have them either taking uh, an edge rusher, a safety, a cornerback, a linebacker. That's that's those are their big needs.
0: All right. Who would you have him taking if they got a top-ten pick? That's um, yeah, fine. You can tell us. Later. All right. We, we can, can talk, talk about talk. Yeah. Uh Love the show, and I have a question from RamFan9 at Allen Apple Podcast. Why has nobody brought the possibility of Greg Roman for the newly opened Panthers job? With the ways he's done with Lamar Jackson, even going back to Colin Kaepernick, why wouldn't he be able to get the most out of another mobile quarterback in Cam Newton? With Newton's contract, it's a cheap audition for a generationally talented athlete. If it doesn't work, let him walk and make a move for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in 2021. If it does work, you got your quarterback for the foreseeable future and another mobile quarterback of Will Greer and Kyle Allen, depending on his restricted free agency. Uh, I like this idea, and I think it is something that is, um, as potentially rumored, percolating around the Panthers' office, front office. Can he
3: handle being a manager of all things, because that's a concern.
0: I agree. I think that's a great point. The problem is with Greg Roman, he's not going to be – like right now Greg Roman's job is designing an offense and getting Lamar Jackson into that offense and bringing in Paul Johnson, former Georgia Tech coach, to help him learn the option. Um, if you take over the Panthers' head coaching job, you have to be a CEO. You have to do a bunch of other stuff, and nobody knows how he'll do. Nobody knows how he'll interview. I'm, I'm not. I'm not doubting that, that Greg Roman could do it, but you know, as we point out, like with Freddie Kitchens, when you have to do a bunch of other stuff and try to do the offense, those two things don't always work great. So, I like the idea, but you need to have some veteran head coaches to come with them. I think, like. Like, Sean McVay got, right? you got, like, Wade Phillips to come and, and run his defense. You need a veteran head coach, somebody you can trust to come and run your defense, and you probably need a veteran offensive coordinator who can work with you in that same capacity. So I would be a little worried about it from that perspective, but it's hard to tell with these head coaches. I think it makes a lot of sense if you want to keep Cam Newton around.
1: I don't think he's, like, any less qualified than – I think he's more qualified than a lot of the offensive coordinators we've seen get sure. hired in recent years. Like, if you go to just this pro football reference, like – it kind of flies, I mean, we all know this, but if he's been an offensive coordinator for a really long time, for a number of years in a row, dating back to the, the Kaepernick years in San Francisco. And I also didn't realize this. He's been with the Panthers before, um, from 95 to 2001. Um, I, so the other thing I like about him in Carolina is that when they were restructuring the front office and all that, uh, they talked about how they want to go more analytically minded, and he's obviously coming from the Ravens, a team that is at the forefront of analytics right now.
0: For sure. And he's been the assistant head coach with the Ravens before. Um, you know, he was with Stanford with Jim Harbaugh, OC for multiple years in, in San Francisco, and then we jumped to Buffalo. So he's done it in a lot of different places. I agree. Uh, mate, check out, um, Mun, well, it's too old now, but Jonathan Jones and I talked about this. It, they're going to hire the head coach and then figure out the extra front office guy. The whole thing is sort of bizarre to figure out. But I think, I think it is something that the Panthers would be foolish not to at least explore. And I think that they will explore it this offseason, depending, by the way, on how far, how deep in the playoffs the, the Ravens go. It's entirely possible that they can't interview Greg Roman until after the Super Bowl, in which case, or in between the Super Bowl and the, the conference championships, in which case they might decide to go ahead and move on. Um, but that would be a tell too. If the Panthers don't hire somebody by the Super Bowl and the Ravens are in it. Maybe they're going with Greg Roman. Hey, one more thing quickly. Um
3: yeah. Ram fan nine mentioned make a play for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in twenty twenty one if Cam Newton slash Allen slash Wilgret don't work out. Here's the thing, and we'll be saying this a lot in the next eighteen months, um or next twelve months. Not every team can go get Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So a lot of team like the Dolphins, if they don't get Tua this year because he's injured, they can't tank for Trevor if every one other team is doing it. So Yes, so one team is going to get Trevor Lawrence, one team is going to get Justin Fields. Eight teams won't be able to, so you need to have a plan, a contingency plan, a more realistic contingency plan in place just in case those two guys don't fall in your lap.
0: Yeah, look, maybe part of David Tepper's analytics are let's go tank this tank this B and get Trevor Lawrence. Who knows? We'll see. I don't mind that. Can't live without it, L- Eli Maschio from Australia. What a diverse collection of reviews we have. As a de- as a dejected Giants fan, what does ownership do about the head coach and GM? Do they go? Out, uh, do they go for another rookie or mediocre coach, or do they try to grab a big name? McCarthy, Jim Harbaugh. Would Belichick want to come back to where it started, Brian.
3: I would go with if you want to do something fresh and different. Matt Rule would be at the top of my list. The Baylor coach. He's yep. had a lot of success there, had a lot of success at Temple, had a chance to be the Jets coach last year, but the Jets weren't going to let him hire his own assistants, which is in retrospect and at the time idiotic. And they got stuck with Adam Gase, but he's a new guy. And you know, there was a run on new guys after Sean McVay did what he did in his first year and with mixed, mixed success. Zach Taylor hasn't exactly set the world on fire. We'll see what he does in year two, but th- that's a guy to me that's much more exciting than someone like McCarthy or Jim Harbaugh, just because we've sort of seen those movies before. Harbaugh had success at San Francisco, a lot of success, and that team went south as soon as he left. But I don't know how NFL teams feel about him. NFL teams obviously like winning, but number one yeah, on my it, list right now is is Matt Rule and probably Urban Myers up there too.
0: Interesting. Um, I think the Giants are going to fire Pat Shermer. Dave Gettleman will pin all the problems on Shermer, and he's going to hire Ron Rivera. I think it's just too easy and too obvious. So I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, they went to a Super Bowl together. But they had a bunch in place from the previous regime, like or like when Ron Dave Rivera. When survive in your scenario? Yeah, I think he'll survive. I think the giant. I think uh, the Mara family loves Dave Gettleman. He was there forever. He won a bunch of rings. I think they trust him. And like, and, and like, he drafted Daniel Jones, who that franchise, the, that ownership has to believe is the guy. Like, I know that he struggled, but if you're the if you're the guy who owns the team and you watch Daniel Jones this year, you feel confident that you may you may have your next franchise quarterback right
1: and it doesn't make sense to fire i mean for as much as we criticize gettleman rightfully so it doesn't make sense to fire the gm one season after he drafted his rookie quarterback who was always not going to be a guy who no one thought he was going to succeed in year one like the plan was for him to sit behind eli so i don't think like gettleman for all of his faults deserves his future should be tied to to daniel jones and we have no idea what daniel jones's future is
3: yeah Yeah, but they no they didn't have a plan they had much more of a plan than the Dolphins did in terms of winning in 2019. They had three first round picks. They traded up into the first round. They traded Odell Beckham.
0: He doesn't. Why does he get a pass? What are you guys smoking? Well, I will say this: the Odell Beckham trade doesn't look terrible now. Like I mean, actually I mean
3: has actually played really well.
0: But at the time, like, but I mean, Odell had to got a, They look. It, it, it was it was a bad trade because they signed Odell and said they weren't going to trade him, and then they immediately yeah. traded him. But right. the fact, is, but like. I, but you're not, you're not talking to somebody who's being objective about it. You're talking to it, like you're talking to the owners. You're trying to sell ownership on it. And I think you can tell ownership that Pat Shermer did a bad job. This is what GMs do all the time is they're going to bury the head coach to save their own jobs. He's going to tell the owners, Tish and Mara, that, that Shermer brought Saquon back too soon, that he did a bad job utilizing Saquon, that a good offensive coordinator would be able to do that, yada, yada, yada. And that Ron could steady the ship and really get this defense going with the guys that they have on, on, on the front end, the hog mollies, if you will. And I just think you know you're like, listen, we're going to bring back, we're going to bring back Daniel Jones, we're going to bring back uh, Sterling Shepherd, Evan Ingram will be healthy next year, Golden Tate. Like, I think you can see him convincing ownership that this team could be competitive next year with Daniel Jones as he grows.
3: So he's getting fired next year, is what you're saying? Probably. Probably. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, look, maybe maybe Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera said he's not coming back for a project. He wants to win. So maybe he's not. Or maybe it was that Mike McCarthy who said that?
1: That?
3: Let's assume Ron Rivera said it. If that's the case, I'm taking the Browns
1: job. Sure. That's a better situation. Browns job ain't yeah. opening up, though. Yeah, that's right.
3: You um, <laughs> can work for Freddy Kitchens. <laughs> oh,
0: this is the can last you imagine?
3: One. No. Uh,
0: but, yeah, Gi- if I was a Giants fan, I'd be a little nervous about this offseason. Last one for me from Claude Von Stroke. Hmm. Um, Apple Podcast. Hey, Brinson, what's your favorite live fish jam of all time?
1: All right, Ryan, should we head out? Yeah. we uh, go Blair some brand new. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I thought about this for a while.
3: All right, let me ask the questions. How many fish shows have you been to?
0: Ooh.
1: Ooh, uh, well, before this, what do you think? Brinson's seen fish more, or I've seen brand new more? Uh, Ryan, probably brand let's, new. Let's have Ryan. Yes. Cause...
3: Yeah, brand new, smaller venue, and you, like – well, Brinson neglects work to go see shows as well. So you guys both do that, but I think it's harder probably to get to fish shows. Although Brinson flew to Chicago to watch a fish show with a former employee that was his boss. I did and the same
1: thing without the boss.
0: Brand new in Chicago. I've seen him in Boston. seen him in New York. Yeah, you guys are both nerds. How about that? I've I don't know. I, maybe it's tied. How many times have you seen brand new? I, I
1: gotta I, think now. Eleven?
0: Oh, yeah, eleven. Uh, okay, I've seen much more than.
3: Uh you could have said 100, Sean. He was going to go over no matter what.
0: No, no, no. I mean, like, I, I mean, but like, I've, I'm, A, I'm older than Sean. B, Fish has been touring longer. I mean, I started seeing Fish in like 97. Sean was five. Yeah. Uh I would have to go back and actually like count up every show, but it's more, it's more than 15. All right. You win. Again. Uh, I would say that my favorite, uh my favorite jam. Let me see if I find it real quick. Oh, no. <laughs> uh no so the uh back in i think it's 2000 was it um, let's see it was yeah it was 2000 at deer creek in uh, indiana i wasn't there but um, they played uh Mo- led zeppelin's moby dick which you know you know moby dick right mhm uh and they would jam moby dick in between like every song for like the entire second half of the show and so that was, that's probably one of the, uh, the coolest games. The best fish concert I've ever been to, though, um, is probably, uh, Reynolds Coliseum when they played on NC State campus back in, uh, fall of 01. And we all, like, came back from, like, we are all at home for winter break and we all drove back and, uh, and went and saw, um, went and saw fish play at Reynolds' tiny venue and they just crushed it. Uh, my buddy, whose name I won't mention, uh, puked right outside the, the, uh, the uh, the Reynolds as as we were walking in. Zeke. We were, yeah. It wasn't Zeke. <laughs> um I feel like you
1: have to say the name because we all everyone listening thinks it's Zeke, and now Zeke's name is getting slandered.
0: It was not it was not Zeke. And if I had to pick like if I had to pick one song to hear on a live show that's not like a cover or anything like that, it would be Chalk Dust Torture. Chalk Dust Torture. That's a reprise. All right, that's it for the mailbag. What's your favorite fish song, diva
3: I do not have even close to an answer. That's I just go Wilson because that's the only one I know.
0: We need we need some intro music for everybody. That's what we need at the beginning of the show. Some intro music. Wilson you can pay be, for that, don't you? No, uh, we need to play Wilson. Adam Azer plays '80s tunes on the Fantasy Football Day podcast all the time. He comes up with a new copyright infringement song every time I'm on.
3: <laughs>
0: he played Mariah Carey's Christmas. Like, do you think Mariah Carey won't come after you for using her Christmas song on a podcast illegally? She'll get uh-huh. you. She'll uh-huh. cut you. Um, All right, maybe we'll do intro music. Wilson, donut, <laughs> donut. Mm. So we have some brand new.
1: I mean, look, I would love to be introduced with some brand new, but this feels like just something that's going to add even more time to our podcast, more <laughs> soundboard type of stuff. I don't know if this is our bread and butter. Like I just
0: roadcaster, give me that roadcaster, road Diva. All right, let's get out of here. Great mailbag. Merry Christmas, Happy New Years, Happy oh, Holidays. Oh, oh. <laughs> Whatever you may uh celebrate, whatever, whenever you may be listening to this uh this mailbag, thanks for everybody for a wonderful year of the Pick Six Podcast. It's been fantastic and uh hope it gets better in two thousand and twenty. Of course we'll talk to you the day after Christmas to give you some picks for week seventeen.
3: See you next
4: decade. So you been. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.